Wikipedia, what is hyperinflation? According to less than B greater than Wikipedia, less than B greater than. In economics, hyperinflation is very high and typically accelerating inflation. It quickly erodes the real value of a local currency as the prices of all goods increase. She goes on to say almost all hyperinflations have been caused by government budget deficits financed by currency creation. Does that sound like anything that you've, you've seen? I want to show you what currency creation looks like. I want to show you what the effects of hyperinflation are going to be. And I want to prepare you for where you should invest in this time of potential hyperinflation. That's what we're going to talk about today. That's what this video is going to be about. I'm going to take you in a second to my whiteboard, which I don't do often. I'm not as good at it as George. Uh, the lighting is difficult. But I think this is something that you need to recognize and react to because it's going to become a part of our investment world. And uh, you need to know what causes it and where we are in that cycle. So stay with me. Let me get some administrative functions out of the way. And then we'll talk about hyperinflation and where you should be investing. Best of Us Investors presents Carrie Griegmeier. Okay, the, the lady on Google basically says it's caused by the uh, creation of currency. I want you to look at this, this chart here. This is a chart on the U, uh, creation of money supply in the United States. And I want to focus for you uh, on 2000. In the year 2000, uh, our national debt was $4 trillion, okay? I happen to know that because I've memorized it. And you can see it moved along until roughly 2008. And in 2008, you're going to see a spike up. And it went to $8 trillion. Why was that? Well, this was the subprime crisis. So this was the real estate crisis. This is where the banks were going bankrupt, where General Motors was seeking bankruptcy protection where Chrysler, where, where our country was in real turmoil and the Obama administration uh, injected for, uh, started injecting money into the economy. They injected it basically up until 2018. In 2018, that $8 trillion had grown to $18 trillion in national debt. And that corresponds to money supply. Then you will see it, it, it kind of fell back a bit. And then you come to 2020. And in 2020, we started printing money as part of a relief package, as part of uh, to individuals, to corporations. We just turned those presses on. And the debt went in 2020, it started at $20 trillion, and then today it's at 28 trillion. So we printed roughly as much in one year as we did in 2008 years in, the, in our history. It took us 
it took us from the founding of our country to 2008 to get to 8 trillion. In 2020, we were at 20 trillion. And today, we are at 28 trillion. So that's money supply. That's, would that, would there be some consequences to that? Yeah, I think there would be. And that's what people are talking about hyperinflation. Now, do you see it? Well, I will ask you, have you seen the price of gasoline go up? Have you been to the grocery store lately? Nita and I went to the grocery store yesterday. She wanted chicken wings for Friday night. No chicken wings. No, no chicken wings. So we bought a chicken and we're going to do a beer chicken. I buy a good plump chicken. I don't buy off the rack. I buy a big, that chicken normally costs me about $8.50 to $9. Um, today it costs, or yesterday, it cost me uh, $13.95. That's inflation. That's caused, then I went over to the meat counter and I don't eat much beef. But when I do, I want the best beef that money can buy. And I have found Kobe steak. And I used to buy Kobe steak for $35 a pound. And yesterday I paid $49.99 a pound. We don't buy a full pound. It, it worked out to be about $37. And that, my justification is if I went out to a, a, a good restaurant and, and ordered a steak, I'm going to pay $35 for it. And Nate and I share this, and we have sautéed mushrooms and onions and a salad, and it's an excellent meal. So that's inflation. We have to deal with it. But as an investor, once I process this, once I understand it, where do I put my money? If it's going to happen, where do I put my money? And so I've done some research on that, and, and I've pulled back to my my experience as a financial advisor, and I want to share it with you. Now, I'm going to take a step here into a ground that I'm not really comfortable on, and that is a whiteboard. George is excellent at it, and he understands how he's got the lighting down. I don't, I can't figure that out. So let's go into the other room where I have my green screen, but also a whiteboard, and let me explain to you my feelings on where you should and where you shouldn't be investing. We're going to create a pyramid. Let's go. Okay, this is the whiteboard that I've put together for this uh, effort to show you where you should in be investing your money as we move into this potential hyperinflation period. And let's start on the bottom of the pyramid as to where you shouldn't be investing your money, and that is cash and bonds. And why is that? Because cash is dollars. Bonds are interest on dollars. So we, we don't want to be there. Uh, we want to be where we have growth potential in our assets. So number one, you don't want a savings account. You definitely don't want money in a CD or in your mattress. That is not a good place to be. So what is the second worst place to be? And that's what I'm choosing to call unproductive assets. What are unproductive assets? Assets that are not going to grow in value as the dollar, the value of the dollar decreases. And that is art, 
uh, undeveloped land, I would put in that category, and gold. You can have a big block of gold sitting in your backyard, and you can go and, and, and cuddle with it, uh, but it's not going to really become a productive asset. It's not really going to become worth any more than it is at this time. Because once you get into hyperinflation, uh, the what the, the, the economy will continue to grow, but your gold won't. Your gold won't. Now, you, know, you might say, yeah, but there's a limited supply of it. And the fact is that uh, more people will want it and, and therefore um, it will go up in value. It may be slightly, but it will not keep up with hyperinflation. What does? Uh, uh, certainly not highly leveraged stocks. And what I mean by that, these are stocks who have a bad balance sheet. They, ha they have a lot of debt on their balance sheet. And so as inflation incurs and potentially then interest rates go up, their cost of, of servicing that debt goes up and they can't meet their payments and therefore they go bankrupt. So Get into hyperinflation, get into increasing interest rates, and your and your low quality stocks are going to go down. I saw I saw one of the, the YouTubers ask some people, "What is the highest interest rate that you have on a dividend stock?" And I saw an answer, and it was sixteen point five percent. So I went to see, and and they gave the ticker of it, and what it was was a a investment fund. And as I dug into it, I saw it was what we used to call junk bonds. And that is uh, people who can't get uh, lending from conventional lending sources. And so they're paying 25, 35% on, on uh, borrowing money. Well, as inflation goes up and interest rates go up, which now are around two and a half percent for good loans, that guy who's paying 20% and you're getting 16 is going to go to 40% and he's going to go out of business and your, and your fund is going to crash and burn. Uh, we've seen it. It, it. It's just go, if you own something like that, go back and look at a, a, a past chart and and then compare that chart to interest rates and you will see they they explode as interest rates go up. So if you've got a a highly a high dividend stock, you better make sure where those dividends are coming from. So what's the next step up? These are productive stocks. These are stocks with strong balance sheets, high margins, and pricing power. These are the people that supply you your daily needs. You're going to go to the grocery store no matter what food costs. Now, you may pick a lower quality of meat. You may not buy as many apples as you used to, but you're still going to serve them. And this is Procter & Gamble. This is Clorox. These are the people who provide you your necessities. These are the people at the gas pump, that you, you're, you're still going to have to put gas in your car. What you want to be a f cautious of is in this category, you don't want to get any of the highly leveraged stocks. So you want to have those people who provide your needs and desires, what you see over there, and, and, uh, and then also um, have a strong balance sheet. 
because their balance sheet is going to be affected by hyperinflation. Then we go to the, the, the next level up of uh, good investments, and that's what I call digital stocks. These are stocks that have maybe a high cost of entry, building a software package, building um, a digital product uh, such as Facebook. It's basically digital. Everything that they present is basically present is produced by you in a digital format. And so they don't have a lot of overhead um, and they have high margins and you don't have any place else to go. So they have pricing power. And because they control their space, they have a large moat around them. The, I call this my big six. That is Apple, Google, Amazon, uh, Facebook, and, and I add Tesla to that. Uh, Amy Webb, adds uh, IBM. And I think IBM will come back, but that's a that's a that's for another video. Then what is the best asset that you have? It's you. It's you, be, particularly if you are have low or no leverage. And that is to say that you don't have any revolving credit. You are paying your credit card bills as they come, and you're not, you're not, paying 20% on it, and your earning power, your dollar is controlled by the value you bring to society. So if you're, if the society needs you, particularly in these areas of need and desire, if you're a, 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 the best orthopedic surgeon in your community, that's your best asset. It, and, and think of it this way, you've already paid for that asset. The, the knowledge that you have in the education that you've acquired. So you're not leveraged. You're not having, you may have to do some continuing education, but you're not, you're not putting up $120,000 a year to get the knowledge you have. You already have it. But what's essential for you is to stay the best at what you do in your community. Um, then I would say, in, in the field of national security. These are the, the needs and desires of our community now. We, we, we have experienced a coronavirus, which I would uh, categorize in the uh, framework of potential uh, bio-warfare. Uh, if, you, if you read, you have seen that the, the federal government is allocating money within their infrastructure package to, I think it's $147 million to address security, cybersecurity. We've been hit twice with the pipeline and now the, the food supply. That has to stop. So there's going to be money spent there and it's going to be in a digital stock. And, and that's, that's where you want to be. And then you have the environment. This is the EV movement. This is the wind turbines, the solar energy. These are the needs and desires that will, will continue to be there no matter what the inflation rate is. I think this is something you need, really need to understand. No matter how dire situations get, there are certain things that have to be taken care of. And they are healthcare, national security, and our environment, where we sit right now. The, these are essentials. And our government 
believe it or not, will continue to print money to make sure those things happen. Well, as they imprint, keep imprint, printing money to spend on healthcare, national security, and our environment, the value of your dollar goes down. The, if you have unproductive assets, they're not participating in the growth. If you have highly leveraged assets, they're going to go bankrupt. If you have productive assets that fill fill the the, the current need, you will go cr- continue to grow with the overall growth of the economy. But if you have digital assets, you'll outperform the economy because they have high margins, they have high pricing power, and they have a large moat. So that's where you need to invest. So that's my exercise on my whiteboard. Let's go back and sit down at the desk and talk about what stocks might fit into each of these categories, okay? And, and where you need to be to basically profit off of what is a bad situation, hyperinflation. Okay, that's my take on where to invest um, as we move into hyperinflation. And I think the best thing I can share with you is that there are going to be some winners and there are going to be some losers. But more importantly, there are going to be some survivors who will be affected because there will be a reaction to this, but they will be the survivors. And they are going to be those ones on that second tier that are have good, strong books, have, have all the money they need to buy up the weak companies that had a good idea but were over-leveraged, that are, are, have a big moat around them so nobody can come in and, and violate their business as I said, have strong balance sheets and, and aren't, aren't, aren't leveraged. They, they're leveraged within their means, okay? They leverage purely for the, not to stay alive, but instead to grow, okay? And I would say that the easy way to know who they are and to understand them is read Amy, Amy Webb's book, The Big Nine. And this was written in 2017. And nothing has really changed other than Tesla in this as to who owns all the big data. And I'll just go through them. It's Alibaba. It's uh, Microsoft, Facebook, uh, Tencent, Apple, Baidu, Amazon, Google, and IBM. I own all of those U.S. companies plus Tesla, um, but not IBM. I'm not sure who IBM is and who they will be in the future, and I'm not sure they know who they are. I don't own um, Alibaba, Tencent, and Baidu because I don't know what our relationship is going to be in the future with China. And until that is ironed out, I'm going to stay away from them because they are in potential direct competition with some of the others there. So that's my take on on where you should be investing as we are going through this hyperinflation uh, scenario. What you need to know is that the the reactions to it are going to be severe. 
uh, it's it's going to create panic and you're going to see volatility in the market as the market reacts to potentially increasing interest rates, potentially higher prices, uh, potentially layoffs from because companies as particularly if interest rates go up, go bankrupt. You're going to see that reaction. But what you got to fall back and say is, what are the most important things that have happened that the country can't not take care of? And that is the pandemic. Because again, you need to know that in the, in the Defense Department, in the Pentagon, they're talking a little bit about the Korean missiles. They're talking a little bit about what they did to us in, in the, uh, the Twin Towers. They're talking some about Iraq and Iran. But the number one topic at the Pentagon right now is bio-warfare. You have to know that. And if you don't recognize that, because Joe does, and, and, and Congress will, that's where the money has to be spent to make sure that never happens again. Then the second topic that they're talking about is not the missiles, is not Iraq, not Iran, not China. It's about cybersecurity. Do you, real, do you remember that our, our, our Eastern Coast pipeline was shut down? Do you remember that our largest provider of food, meat, in our country was shut down. Do you remember that? Well, what about when they want to shut down our electric grid? What about when they want to shut down our entire internet system? Do you think this is a topic of discussion in the White House, in the Pentagon? You know it is. So, are they then going to go to the Treasury and say, we've got these problems? But turn off the printing press. Do not fund them. We're going to leave it to the human on, on earth to figure it out. We're going to leave it to the corporations to figure it out. We're going to trust that China, that Russia, and all the Chinese, and all the Russians, and all the Iranians are going to say, we can't do this again. This isn't fair. This is inhumane. We shouldn't ask the colonial pipeline for $5 million because that's not good for humanity. That's not going to happen. The money will be spent and you need to merely invest in the companies that are going to react to this. Okay? Now, that's how I'm going to invest. I'm investing in the future. Now I want to make a commitment to you. I've made a decision over the last week that rather than just share my knowledge and my experience with you, I need to share the knowledge and experience of some of the best CEOs in this country. And that is, I need to get interviews with the CEOs of the companies that I believe in so that I can come to better understand how they're running their business and how they see themselves fitting into the future so that I can make a better business decision. Now, I currently have about 148,000 subscribers. That's going to get me through a few doors, okay? It's not going to get me in, in, into, in, into Seattle in Amazon's executive suite. Now, if I had 15 million subscribers, 
I think I could open that door. If I had 15 million subscribers, I think I could have Jeff Zuckerberg sitting right here. And I could quiz him about where he's going with his company. I think I could get Tim Cook the next time he comes to visit Auburn. That's his alma mater just down the road from here. I think I could get him to sit down net with me. But I need clout. I'm willing to put forth the work. I'm willing to put forth the effort. But I need your help. How do I get your help? You hit that subscribe button. You hit that thumbs up. You hit, you hit whatever you got to hit to make Best of Us Investors the investment for everything. And then I will commit to you. I'll do the work. I'll get on the airplane. I'll fly to Seattle. I'll sit down with him. I don't care what it costs. Money is not the issue here. The issue here is making you a better investor, leveling the playing field. You're buying interest in companies. You have the right to understand their business plan, to understand their CEO's head, to get into their head, to walk through their plant, to, to see what a 3D printing device looks like, to see what's going to happen in robotics. You deserve that. You aren't going to get it on your own. You're going to need somebody like me, but I need your help to get it done. And I've put the number at 15 million, not a million, not 1.5, but 15 million subscribers. Okay? Taylor Swift has 42 million. There's no reason I can't get 15 million with your help. Okay, that's all I got to say on that. Uh, Nita's got lunch ready, so I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>